Welcome, 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 my friends, to another episode of the Saul Bookman Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are live from the Vivid Seats studio, and as a reminder, just like I say every single week, if you're a first-time user and you want to download the Vivid Seats app, you could save yourself up to 100 bucks. So if you're going to the Utah game this week, it's a perfect time. Put in promo code OVERTIME. Save yourself some money. Save yourself up to $100. Watch Utah. Watch you, Arizona. Hey, who knows? Maybe it could be an upset. That's one of the topics we'll be talking about this week. Uh, in addition to men's and women's hoops, Yes, we are going to bring in the whoops today. Man, what an effort on Sunday against Texas. A lot to get into there. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and cover some topics such as football and talk about their game up in Oregon. And, you know, it was a struggle, but I think that was kind of, be, kind of expected. So, you know, it is what it is, right? And then there's some recruiting news and some other odds and ends. This week, I don't have a special... A special little tidbit for you, but I do have some additional news that maybe will make up for that ground. So, might as well go ahead and get to the court. And uh, you know, I feel guilty. You make 15 shots in a row. It's just you want him to shoot more. You want to be able to get him the ball in scoring position, maybe just a little bit more. And um, you know, that's something that we have to continue to get better at. Well, as you heard right there, what an incredible effort by Zeke Naji this week and really the whole season. This kid is amazing. I don't think anybody in the country thought what was going to happen is what is happening right now with this young man. Incredible seven-foot wingspan, but the thing that separates him from everybody else, especially in terms of freshmen, he is so composed. He is so composed. You know, he doesn't rush. He takes his time. He does it He does it fast but not quick. You know what I mean? Like in, in, in basketball, a lot of coaches will, will tell you, you know, go fast but don't go too quickly. And what they mean by that is, is, is you want to go through your steps as quickly as possible, but you don't want to go through them so fast that you miss a step. And I think with Zeke Naji, he is very calculated in the way that he – goes through his process, he catches the ball, knows exactly what he wants to do with it. He's got a nice touch around the rim. He's got a nice little mid-range jumper. I think he's like seven for his last eight when it comes to mid or short-range jumpers. I mean, that's incredible. He's the number one player in the country, the number one player in the country, not freshman, player in terms of field goal percentage. At 84.6. That is incredible. 33 out of 39 from the field. 7 of 8, like I said, from that short to mid-range. He's averaging 21 points a game. And, uh, you know, 17 in a row at one point. He's just an incredible, incredible player. He's done, a, he's done a great job so far this year. And against New Mexico State, all of that was put on display. Down low, his athleticism. Uh, his his craftiness, he, he's just a he's a special and unique kind of talent. Sean Miller talked about how his efforts in the weight room um, have really started to pay dividends. And I, I, with that, you know, I, I'll say this: plenty of players hit the weights. Okay, not every player that hits the weights can do what Zeke Naji is doing. 
I think it's that delicate balance between the weight room and athleticism and balance that Zeke Naji has that separates him from everybody else. Back-to-back player, Pac-12 player of the week honors. Uh, again, this guy went from somebody who wasn't even going to be uh, a one-and-done prospect to potentially being a lottery pick. Yeah, that's an incredible jump in just four, five, six games. And so the, the country's taking notice on, on this young man. It's going to be very interesting to see how he continues to develop, especially when they got bigger games coming up, like Baylor, Gonzaga. I want to see him perform at this same level against those types of teams who bring it every single night. And, uh, you know, it's coming right around the corner. You know, all the way around the effort from New, in the New Mexico State game from this Arizona team, uh, very good. You know, they, they are solid. And I will beat this drum till I put a hole in it. The thing with Arizona isn't going to be whether they can win and get to the tournament. I, I believe that they have the talent to easily do that and even win the Pac-12. The thing is going to be what is how are they going to get to the Final Four? And for them to get to the Final Four, I've said this before, I will say it again, they need a fourth and a fifth guy. You got Mannion, you got Green, you got Najee. Okay, you have those three. Who are the other two that are going to step up? Who knows? And I think in this game, Jamal Baker seems like he's really starting to recover from that hip uh, injury. He put in a nice 16 points, had a solid game all the way around. Everybody contributed just a little bit here and there. Even Josh Green had an off game, seven points, seven field goal attempts. You know, he only made two, three for three from the free throw line. But, you know, he does other things that that help the team. You know, that's very Nick Johnson-like. Am I right? You know, Nick Johnson can can get you 31 game. And then he would get you 10 the other, but he would do a lot of other intangible things that would really get you a win. And so I think – when we talk about that depth, you know, they have depth. They are solid. They have a lot of solid players. But are they going to have number four and number five step up to the point where you can rely on them? Heck, you might even have to have them save you a time or two to win a game. And I think those guys right now, it's pretty much up to three guys, Baker, Dutrieve, and as of right now, I kind of feel like Hazard is that guy. Why? Because he has the experience. He's played in the tournament before. He beat Kansas State last year with that UCI team. He has that motor. He has that, you know, that patience. He has that experience to be able to lean on, and he is not shy about gunning that ball. But he does it in such an efficient way. A lot of guys that like to shoot, they're not really good ball handlers. And so when you put Baker and Hazard together, these guys, I don't know if you know this, but but they are the number two and three ranked players in the country when it comes to assist-to-turnover ratio. Two and three. Baker is number two, and Hazard is number three. Baker has like 15 or 16 assists to one turnover, and Hazard is at 14 to one. That is impressive. That is very impressive. Those two guys, obviously, when it comes to Sean Miller, he's going to trust them a lot more because they know how to take care of the ball. They don't put themselves in bad positions, and that's what you need from your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh 
guys, especially guys that may may not get, you know, plays designed for them. How are they going to step up? How are they going to impact the game? And I think right now Jamal Baker is doing a really good job of playing off the ball, taking shots when it's necessary, and taking care of it. And same thing with Max Hazard. I think those those two guys um, you can look at and think, okay, well, maybe that's that's where it's going to be. But honestly, I think at the end of the day, the one guy out there that can make the biggest jump and can make the biggest impact <clears throat> and can really even take over a game if you really needed him to down the road. I could see this happening, and that's Devonair Dutrieve. Dutrieve has those those measurables. You know, can he put it all together? Can he come through in a moment like he did at Oregon State last year when they needed a bucket? He came through with a bucket. I don't know. We'll see. It's been fun so far. I know a lot of you are really hyped up and a lot of you are really excited. That's fantastic. Again, like I'm always going to pump the brakes on things like this because, first of all, they haven't really played anybody that's been really too significant. Illinois and New Mexico State, they should, they could have put up better performances, but they didn't. New Mexico State, not the New Mexico State team uh, from a year ago. So you have that challenge. And then, uh, you know, we got to see them play another Power 5 team that, number one, is ranked. Number two, has has those dudes all the way across the board. Then then you'll find out what this team is really made of. Can they overcome adversity? Can they overcome, you know, challenges on the court that you won't see from these other teams that might not even make it to the tournament? You don't know. So... I'm excited to see this team grow and develop. It's been fun so far. It's going to continue to be fun. And uh, as we move forward, and this week they got San Diego, or I'm sorry, not San Diego State, uh, South Dakota State and uh, Long Beach State, both those teams this week. South Dakota State, 4-2. Uh, they've lost to Nebraska and USC. Uh, they have a big guy named Doug Wilson. He averages about 18-8. and eight. Pretty solid player all the way around. But those uh, two losses to Nebraska and USC, which is obviously the comparables you would want to use, uh, they, they were both by double digits. And so uh, Long Beach State, same kind of thing. They're one and three. Uh, a close loss to, to UCLA, I believe it's three points, 68 to 65, I think, something like that. Um, they could have won that game. But then they got blown out by Stanford and St. Mary's by double digits. Uh, their best player is a JC transfer. And uh, his name is Chance Hunter. He averages uh, a little bit in the high 17s, maybe 18. And uh, he can shoot the three. He's a scorer. He can shoot the three. He's shooting 66% from three this year. He's only taken 12 of them uh, through four games. Uh, and uh, and he, But he's made eight. And so he's, he's pretty good. Uh, this Arizona basketball team has come off, jumped out to a good start, a solid start. Uh, the kind of start you want to see a team like this make because they do have some young pieces in some key positions. But I think all in all, as, a, as an Arizona fan, you should definitely be excited about this team because they're going to be fun to watch. They play defense. They play hard, which is something I think we all want to see. And they look like they're having fun out there playing together. And, hey, I'm excited to see the, the growth and development of this team. Uh, but there's another team in Tucson that is also just pounding the door and deserves to get your attention. And we'll talk about them after this break. 
Well, as you might have heard, this weekend wasn't only a, a good weekend for men's hoops. It was absolutely a big weekend for women's hoops. Coach Adia Barnes has got this women's basketball team just balling. And uh, they went to Austin and played a ranked team for the first time in quite a while. I, I mean, I can't even remember the last time they played a non-conference ranked team. Uh, it's been a while since they've played anybody in the non-conference that was even worth talking about. And they went to Austin and whooped up on the Longhorns, mainly because of one special, special individual, Ari McDonald. She is the business. I, I've seen her play. I've seen her play multiple times. She is the real deal. She's going to play in the WNBA. And if you don't believe it, you better start because she is as good as it gets at the college level. I saw Kelsey Plum uh, her final year at the U of A, and she was crafty. She could shoot. She was a good player. Ari McDonald is 10 times faster than, than she was. Uh, and Ari McDonald can get her shot off anytime she wants. And if she's on like she was against Texas, it's over. It is over because she's coming down the fast break. She's hitting these pull-up threes. She's hitting pull-up jumpers. She doesn't just drive to the lane and that's it. She's not a one-trick pony. She can kill you from all over the floor. And if you don't think so, think about the year that she had last year. She set a women's single-game record this year or the, on Sunday with 44 points. Cool. That was held. The previous record was held by Devlin Wright. Oh, and last year, Ari McDonald at 39 points. They both had the record at 39 points. She smashed her own record. She's the single season record holder for scoring average and points scored in a season. She scored 890 points last season. You know who was the next closest? Her head coach, Adia Barnes, at 653. People, we're talking about 237 more points. That is crazy. She also has the record for most free throws in a season at 203. <laughs> she gets to the foul line. She can get to the basket. She can hit from outside. Also on that free throw made in the season, Mark, who was the previous record holder? Yep, you guessed it. Her head coach, Adia Barnes, at 154. And if you thought that she's only good on the offensive side, well, I'm, I'm sorry. It just doesn't work like that for her because she gets a lot of easy buckets. And why does she get a lot of easy buckets? Because she also plays defense. Last year, she broke the U of A single season record for steals with 96. The girl is badass. She is awesome. You have to get out there and watch her people. I know you, I, I know a lot of us, want to go out there and watch the men play, which is fantastic, which is great. But this women's team definitely deserves your attention. They proved it last year when they didn't make the tournament. They didn't sulk. They got to the NIT. They balled out. They won the NIT. They are legitimately one of the top six teams in the Pac-12. And if you don't believe me, you haven't watched a damn thing yet. They're good. And the Pac-12 isn't easy. This year you have Oregon at number one, uh, Stanford at number three. Then at number seven you have Oregon State. And at number 11 you have UCLA. 
And then that's it in the top 25. But guess who's on the outside looking in right there at the cusp of the AP top 25? You guessed it, Arizona. And right behind them, ASU. Those are your top six teams in this league. Those are six teams that could easily get to the NCAA tournament, six teams that could easily do some damage in the NCAA tournament. And Adia Barnes has got this this program playing at a level that I don't think it's ever seen before since she played back in 97-98. It's, it's a fantastic thing to see. It's come such a long way. People, I don't think you understand. If you haven't been to a women's basketball game in the last maybe four or five years – I got I got to Tucson in 2015, and I watched pretty much every women's basketball game until the time I left. I'm a big women's college basketball fan. I love college hoops. I love what Adia Barnes has done. I've spoken to her a million times about the job that she's doing, and it's been a process. And watching her grow this program from that process has been a beautiful thing to watch, and I'm so privileged to be able to see some of the behind the scenes things that go on because she you know she she will let people come and and talk to her and talk to the players and get a lot more engagement with their program as as opposed to to the men's team uh who we know you know they they kind of keep the walls up a little bit but man adia barnes has got that thing rolling it's uh going back to my point earlier about uh you know the the naya butts era you know after joan bonavici left and she left that program to, you know, Nia Butts. Man, it, it was good early on, maybe that first year, but then it just kind of fell apart. And when I got here in 2015, I mean, you could count how many people were in the stands. It, it, was, it was that few, you know, a couple hundred people here and there. That was about it. You weren't getting anything more than that. For the next couple of years, it was like that. And when Adia came in, she had a team full of seniors and so she had, you know, she had some experience, but those seniors were players that came up in an era of pretty much winningless basketball and meaningless games. And so Adia had to recruit players from, you know, healthy, rich traditions of, of playing winning basketball. And she did that. And one of her first moves was to bring in Ari McDonald from Washington. And when she did that, that second year that Adia had was awful. It was awful. But it wasn't because of the coaching job that Adia Barnes was doing. She remained patient. She remained persistent. She kept pushing these, these, these ladies to get to another level. They just didn't have it in them. They needed a couple more bodies. But then Kate Reese comes in, McDonald's All-American. Then you bring in Ari McDonald, a legit possible U.S. Uh, Olympic team member down the road. She is as good to get. She's, she's a legit All-American. And all of a sudden, things turn around. You have some power down low. You have some explosive, explosive, explosiveness on the outside. And you have a well-rounded team for the first time in God knows how long. And there's a lot of good pieces around them. A lot of good pieces around them. You know? And so... You know, you have Lucia Alonso. Lucia you know, she's been here for – this is her senior year. She's, she came over from Spain. She was one of the original uh, European transplants that they brought in, and she's done a, a fantastic job. And she also is in the record book, books um, spotted throughout. And, I mean, I'm just telling you, if you haven't had a chance to go out and watch these, these, these women play, you need to. And just in case you thought that all Ari McDonald was was, was a scorer – 
and all she can do is maybe steal and play defense. Uh, when they played Prairie View A&M on Wednesday, you know, the, the school game, by the way, if you've ever been to the school game, if you've never been to the school game, you should definitely bring some earplugs because it gets loud in there. Almost 9,000 kids in there today or on Wednesday, I believe. Man, that is crazy. Anyway, uh, she had 14 assists. Ari McDonald had 14 assists to, to back up her 44-point effort, and they won in a landslide, a nice 35- or 45-point win. It was simple. It was easy. She makes it look easy because she is the business. Ari McDonald is the, is the boss. And I have no reservations in saying this. Zeke Naji, as great as he's been as a freshman, as solid and composed as he's, he's been as a freshman, Ari McDonald is the best basketball player on campus right now at the University of Arizona. It's not even close. Not even close. That's how good Ari McDonald is. I'm telling you, folks, get out there and pay attention because it's it's about to go down this season and it's going to be fun to McHale. Hey, there's not going to be an off day at McHale. Hey, the, the men are going to play one day. The women are going to play another. You can be at McHale seven days a week. It's going to be beautiful. So enjoy it. Coming up, you know we got to get to it. Football on the road against Oregon. I'll give you my thoughts just after this. Hey, we talked about this last week, people. I'm going to reinforce it every single week probably. <laughs> MyBookie.ag, I'm telling you, if you haven't gotten in on the action, now is the time. Check out the latest from our friends at MyBookie.ag where you can simply put in promo code OVERTIME for any first-time users and they will match up to 50% of your first deposit. That's a great deal, people. That's a fantastic deal to get yourself in on some betting lines like Arizona's 4,500 odds plus 4,500 odds to win the national championship. Uh, If you want to put money on the Monday Night Football game, if you want to put money on who's going to win the national championship, it's all right there for you. MyBookie.ag, that's it. It's so simple. With MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Well, welcome back. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, you know, my guy Adam Green is going to give you a preview of the of the, of the the Utah game. I, I almost said ASU because I'm already looking forward to next week. But the Utah and uh, Arizona game this weekend. Uh, so I, I'll just say this. From what I saw on Saturday night, uh, Arizona actually – I actually think Arizona didn't play horribly – I really didn't. I thought defensively they played about as good as you could have expected. I think a lot of us thought Oregon was going to put up a 50 or 60 burger, and they didn't. They put up 35 points, which playing at Oregon, you have to understand that's 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 about average. That's respectable. You know what I mean? Especially when you're coming off the heels of the, the Oregon State game that did not look pretty at all. And you gave up over 50 points to that team. So some some marked improvement for sure. I think the offense let the team down. Uh, neither quarterback could really get a hold on what to do. Oregon's defense is very underrated. They have got some great players on that side. Oregon is a legit CFP contender. And that should not be lost on anybody. And I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping – 
I'm not hoping for for uh, an Arizona loss. Don't get me wrong. But if they should lose, I am really looking forward to the possibility of Utah and Oregon meeting up in the Pac-12 championship game. It will be the first meaningful game in quite a, quite a long time because it will actually mean one of these teams is going to get to the college football playoff most likely because Alabama's not getting in, not over – not over a, 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 a Pac-12 championship team. I'm, I just, I just don't believe that, especially not with without Tua Tonga Vailoa uh, with that hip injury. I just don't see how that one loss and not playing in your championship game is going to still put, propel you ahead of everybody else. Now Georgia's going to lose, or if LSU loses, then all all bets are off on this for sure. But if LSU wins in that SEC title game and Georgia now drops the two losses, they're out. That opens up a spot. And I just have to believe that the winner of six and seven in the CFP between Utah and Oregon is going to leapfrog Alabama and get into that final four. They deserve it. They've, they've played well all season. Oregon's lone loss should have been a win against Auburn. Good gosh, I don't know. It's going to be exciting. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, and so, but should Arizona pull off the upset of all upsets against Utah? First of all, I, I, I don't really know. I don't know how many of you would really be that surprised about that. I, I don't think I would be shocked. Just like I wouldn't be shocked if ASU upset Oregon this week. It's just It's just like both teams to do something like that and completely screw the conference, right? <laughs> I mean, you could totally see a scenario where that happens and the Pac-12 was right back to where they started. No no representation on a national level and back to the drawing board. But if Arizona were to win, finally, you know, you might go into a game where, hey, one team's going to a bowl game, the other one's not. And for a rivalry game, that'd be some nice sweet revenge, especially considering what happened last year. Either way, Arizona's motivation next week will be to not only win, but win and keep ASU out of a bowl game because I don't think they're going to be Oregon this week. But like I said earlier, it wouldn't surprise me if they did, just like it wouldn't surprise me if Utah lost to Arizona this week in Tucson. We got a couple more things to wrap up before we get out of here, so stay tuned. couple things before we get out of here we mentioned Arizona football just a minute ago I wanted to catch you guys up on some things uh, related to them and JJ Taylor uh, has pretty much uh, announced that he's not coming back next year he's going to enter the NFL draft and I think that's good for him I think you know there's nothing for him to really prove here I think uh, as a as a he's a smaller guy for sure but he's tough and I think we've seen that toughness um, he reminds me of a little Dave Meggett uh, you know, uh, former New York Giants running back who is just quick, uh, very, very versatile, can catch the ball out of the backfield, can run the ball up the middle, uh, out around the edge. Uh, just a, a solid player, and I think he'd be a nice little addition to any NFL team out there. On the basketball front, Adam Miller, he's a four-star recruit out of Illinois who was thought to be a hands-down lock for Illinois, 
the Athletics' C.J. Holmes out of nowhere saying that he's hearing Arizona may be the favorite to land the Illinois stud. So who knows with that. Uh, Number five overall prospect, Zaire Williams, is rumored to have Arizona at number one on his list after making it known that he wants to be out west. Number five is the number three overall recruit from California. Number two at his position, uh, just a, a nice six foot eight, I believe, six nine, seven foot wingspan. You know, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, right? Uh, another good player. He can dribble. He can penetrate. He likes to handle the ball. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a Kevin Durantish vibe with this kid. So we'll see. And then finally, Arizona Athletic Director Dave Hickey is the topic for a proposed extension by Abor, which will have been voted on Wednesday, and it seems likely that he will get it. It'll increase his salary by $100,000. There's some escalators in terms of, uh, you know, bumping uh, salary based on performances on and off the field, uh, you know, national championships and what have you, and grades, academics, so so on and so forth. Uh, He has the support of Robert Robbins. Um, You know, he has the support of a lot of the head coaches down there. It's going to be interesting to see the relationship between him and Sumlin because I feel like they're kind of attached to the hip. And if Sumlin bounces for whatever reason, oh, I, I don't know. It, it makes me feel like Hiki might not be that far behind him. But uh, I do know that at the end of this bo- season, I believe, uh, Kevin Sumlin is due another $1.5 million. And there's already been a lot of... You know, a lot of scuttlebutt out there in terms of what are what his next step is going to be. Is he going to go to the NFL? Is he going to stay? Is he going to, you know, try and take this program to another level? Uh, he's had two years, and they haven't been the greatest two years. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how this all unfolds. But I think at the end of the day, people, the University of Arizona is a great school. It's a great campus. Athletes want to come play here. Got to get this football program back up and running to where it needs to be. And uh, the basketball side of things is definitely holding it down. And I think at the end of the day, we are a basketball school. There's nothing wrong with saying that. We are a basketball school. And I'm so happy that the women have joined uh, forces with the men. And, you know, hey, UConn won the national championship back in the day, men and women in the same year. I've always said Arizona was a sleeping giant when it came to women's hoops, and that giant is starting to wake up, and I I couldn't be happier. That's my time for this week, people. I appreciate you so much for joining me. Another episode of of the Saul Bookman Show is in the books. Hey, you know what week it is next week. I don't even have to say it, right? Rival Week will be here. Excited about that. We got a lot in store for you. Hey. Have a good good week and take care.